Thank you guys so much for tuning in every other week, even during this difficult time. Until further notice, our episodes will be a little bit different, but in the best ways. To start, we'll be partnering with our friends at Sensorious Podcast on a three-episode collab that can be streamed on their podcast as well as ours. In addition to that, we'll still be updating you with point-blank episodes that we'll be recording remotely, which is so exciting. You can't get rid of us too easily. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also follow us on Instagram at drinkwine underscore spill tea, Twitter drinkwine spill tea with the letter T, not the word, or email us your tea to drinkwinespilltea at gmail.com. We're being more selective now, so only the juiciest tea will be revealed on the podcast. We hope you're staying inside, staying sane, washing your hands, drinking wine, and of course, spilling tea. Enjoy the episode, bitches. We spill it. So you'll spill it. What will it be tonight? Red or white? A Zana blend of burgundy. Welcome, 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 everyone! Back to Sensorious. It's um, it's not Monday. It is Thursday because this is Sensorious and Friends, and we are here with some Whoa. wonderful special friends of the show and of our real lives. Um, the the cast of Drink Wine Spill Tea. Uh, they have a tremendous podcast uh, that we've enjoyed listening to from the beginning, and we highly encourage you to uh, follow our merry uh, signposts that we'll put throughout the episode to their delightful show. Uh, and we're uh, gag. Yeah, we're be working together on the the Sensorious and Friends uh, offensive. So thanks, guys, for joining us. Thank you so oh much God. for having us. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. This is great. You guys are awesome. So I'm I'm glad that you guys uh, took the time and and are here today. I oh mean, God, I was I super wait. busy doing absolutely nothing. So <laughs> yo, is story busy? How uh, how is how is quarantine for you, uh, CJ? It's good. I am quarantined at my parents' house in my childhood home. Mm. I'm actually currently sitting in um, our old playroom. Uh, oh. We've been renovating it. So that's been cute. Memories. All I do is, um, yeah, well, not anymore because it's slaughtered. They slaughtered my childhood in here. So, oh. <laughs> but, um, but um, no, I'm just kidding. It looks cute. But all I've been doing is just waking up at noon, drinking coffee and then switching to wine at some point. So. Yeah, I saw a tweet that said there's two times. There's alcohol time and coffee time. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I would have to agree. And that's yeah. that's usually my life. So nothing's really different. I like that. I like that a lot. And uh, Jamie, uh, how how is uh, quarantine for you? Um, you know what? Quarantine's pretty rough. I will say. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm in Queens, um, which is the worst place to be as of right now. Yeah, it's a hot um, spot. Yeah. Um, it's. Yeah, it, it honestly looks like a Black Mirror episode in my neighborhood. There are there's like nobody out, but the people who are out are f- in full like quarantine garb, if you will, mm. like full masks, gloves. There's l- long lines to get into the grocery store because they only allow in a certain amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I saw today on. Uh, your Insta that you uh, saw Hector. You hung out with Hector on the roof. Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody who I used to work with lives in the building across from me. And so my roommate Haley and I uh, went up to the roof because one of our local bars is doing a thing once a week where you can text in 
a drink special and they'll make it, but like fully they're like in gloves and stuff and you can pick it up outside. So we ordered prickly pear margaritas from like, you know, to support locally. And yeah. we like went up to the roof to drink them. And we saw somebody who I used to work with across the street on his rooftop. Um, and that's how we saw, that's how we spoke to someone that day. That's how we spoke to someone else besides each other that day. Me and my roommate. I love that bars are doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's so good. Like it it makes sense for New York to do it because when I was talking to my my roommate and my friends and stuff, they were like, yeah, our favorite bar is like doing blah, blah, blah. And like you can go get to go cocktails. I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Like, of course, New York is doing that. But everywhere here is doing it, too. And I was like, oh, that's a game changer. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's a real marks and stuff. Chris, how is your quarantine? It's good. I'm keeping busy slash trying not to be too busy with like passion projects and stuff. Um, of course, like coordinating this and working with folks, um, creating content, uh, being bored, giving up on content. Um, right. You know, it's a roller coaster ride. Um, let me think. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I just spend, I spending my, I'm spending my days. Oh, I spend my days trying to get a hold of unemployment. I think I've called them 145 times. Uh, I mm-hmm. eventually oh. got a tip off, a tip off, because that's what it takes in this fucking new environment to get anything <laughs> fucking done is you have to have a guy. And I got a tip off to call Andrew Cuomo's office and they connected me to an agent or like a, oper- a switchboard operator at unemployment. And they said that... Uh, they said at unemployment, they said that uh, they took my name and my information. And they said someone would call me in the next seven days. And so it's been about... Is it real that works? It's been about six days and no calls. Um, I've answered a lot of calls to telemarketers. So I'm really their dream boat right now um, because <laughs> I think Let everyone... Let me ask you a question though. Yeah. Have you filled out the app or are you trying to file your claim? I filled out the app and I just need to verify with them because I filed as a freelancer. Um, yeah. Oh. Um, oh, that's yeah. Smart. It took me like three weeks to get my application in. Oh, and I literally and so that was a couple weeks ago, and then I just now finally was able to file my first claim. And then oh in the God. questions, they're like, "Why did you wait so long to file?" And I was like, "Oh my God, <laughs> I couldn't." You, how dare you? It's such a surreal <laughs> experience calling them because they'll take you through like lectures. They lecture you on why you shouldn't be calling. And if you get through like four or five different actors on these things, like they just hacked this together very quickly. It's like, <laughs> and if you do this, like, I don't think you should do. Um, and so you get to your fourth actor, you fill in your social, you fill in your pen. Then you wait a second. It's like, thank you for calling. There's a hold section. And then it cuts to that same motherfucker from the very beginning who disappoints you in the first lecture. And he said, he's like, you need to talk. Your claim is not valid until you talk to an agent. Call back this week. And then he hangs up on you. It's a fucking surreal experience. And then most of the time you call the number and it's like 606, like Verizon Wireless, like the number you're calling doesn't exist. It's Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's crazy. Um, It's madness. Um, So that's how it's going. That's how it's going for me. But. Um, but you did it. I, I, I'm in the process. Yeah. I just need to, I just need to get one more callback, one more callback. Just one job changes it all. <laughs> we all need that callback. We just need that one callback. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you guys, the brass tacks who visited, I'm going down my checklist. You visited with Hector on the roof today and that was a pleasant surprise. 
Uh, I loved Scar okay. on your last episode of your show. That, he was great. Um, you loved <laughs> him? <laughs> Scar. <laughs> he was doing Scar. a lot of takedowns. He took down everyone. No one was safe. Oh my God. He, he absolutely pulled me, pulled me by my little homo hair. Like, <laughs> like eight times. I was like, okay, Max. Yeah, he was. You guys are you coming for on this yeah, podcast. You guys are talking. I like. I like met him at work, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. he writes for like a UCB sketch comedy troupe. This guy will come on. He'll be funny. He'll be great." And he got on. He was like, "So I." And we were like, "I'm oh. in a sketch troupe, not a fucking improv <laughs> troupe." I'm like, "You're in an improv troupe." But it was absolutely like all the way down here. He was like, <laughs> "Well, I was like, I first of all, I'm a bass. Did you hear that? <laughs> that was second fa- of fabulous. all." I couldn't believe how he was deep angry. His voice was. He was mad that you had. He was. He was angry. Taken him there, but no, he was. He was great. I was just because we gagged and tied him there. <laughs> yeah, I just had to roast on the voice because he was saucy. Um, but uh, in the same vein as uh, dangerous big cats, this episode is called yeah. "That Bitch Carol Baskin." It is finally. Yeah. <laughs> Our dear listeners, if you thought that sleepyheads were going to go by on Tiger King, on Censorious, no, a fucking, uh, yeah, an orange and yellow striped show, I you are so, sorely mistaken. So you're dreaming. Change the channel now or buckle up because we're going to play a new game called You Love to See It, You Hate to See It. And I'm going to. I love that. <laughs> I realize there's just too much to unpack about Tiger King for the duration of one podcast. So I decided to truncate it with just little timeline, little crystalline treasures from the multi episode season that was Tiger King um, with a new episode Beautiful. coming out soon, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. I that. what is yeah. that? I don't know. Maybe it's like, like a, maybe the, everyone. It's like after the rose for Tiger King, and and they all get <gasps> oh to visit God. Joe and Jail. The women well, tell all. Did you see that Big Cat Rescue or whatever her thing was posted? <laughs> a, like a retaliation post that oh. was like, when Netflix <laughs> approached us, we thought it was going to be about rescuing cats. But they didn't even put in all the information to tell you that I didn't kill my husband. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's because you did, oh, bitch. Uh, you actually gave <laughs> us guilty the, now. You gave us the information we needed. But OK, so I'm just going to do a few different hot, uh, hot moments from that whole experience that was Tiger King. And you'll both have the opportunity to say you love to see it or you hate to see it. And you can substantiate your view or you can just we can just move on. OK. So you don't get bogged down. Yes. Amazing. All right. So Tiger King, you love to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, question one, the arm rip off. Oh, I love to see it. Love to see That's it. That's two loves to see it. Needed more of <laughs> like, it. Yeah, like don't show me a tiger documentary where everyone's limbs here's, stay off. Absolutely, yeah. No, here's, I needed more arms. Here's my thing with the arm rip off. Also the best. Yes, oh, do it. Jack- I think you're about to say what yes, I was Yes, the say. jacket with the paramedic thing on the back and someone brought up something that, because it became emotionally overwhelming at most of it. And so later in retrospect, people are no- pointing out things that I should have been concerned of, about, like the guy smoking a cigarette in the gasoline room or in this case, yeah. Joe Exotic in a paramedic <laughs> ambulance jacket version of his regular on, leather jacket girl. running around and saying, I'll never get a recover <laughs> from this financially. Did he change also, into that or did, was he wearing uh, that? Yes, he did a costume change for sure. He also went into all of his guests and was like, hey, guys. <laughs> just want to nip this in the bud now. Someone's arm is ripped off, but you guys can get a 10% discount or leave. <laughs> and that is it. 10% discount or leave. And also, 
They could have saved her arm. They were like, hey, it'll be two years, but we can get your arm off. And she's like, just amputate. I got to get back to work. Yeah, I got to like, get back in that cage. I got to make a hundred like, bucks this week. <laughs> I'm going to start telling people that about our podcast. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, it's not good, but we can give you 10% off. <laughs> or you can just get out of here right now. You can either rate and review or you can get the fuck out of here. Okay, on to the second question, the second topic, second crystalline moment. Rotten meat to the cats, and then later, rotten meat to the pizza patrons. You love to see it or you hate to see it? Hate to see it. <laughs> I hate. The pizza part was truly, I think, the worst part about it for me. I could not watch that thinking, like, you know those places where you go where you think oh, they're probably serving you that suspect, to you. Everyone's you suspect been to one. You hate to see it. I love to see it. I hate to see I it. I love it. I am like, I need to know, like... That's about as dirty as it gets. This was like a dirty documentary. Yeah. And I need to know the dirty details of this dirty documentary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Upton Sinclair would have shit his I mean, panties yeah. watching this fucking thing. <laughs> he had nothing on this shit. Well, okay. So, you, the well, and I think the person that we're not asking the right questions of in that scenario is who is the truck driver from Walmart that's like, time to throw these in the garbage. These crazy ass one armed tiger people keep climbing on like porch pirates. But I just lift up the back and let them rustle around for a good 45. That's our arrangement. Right. <laughs> they were just so OK with it. It was disgusting. It was terrible. And then they would eat it, too, though. So it was kind of fair, but also kind of fucked up. All right. So um, question slash crystalline moment number three. Uh, that bitch, Carol Baskin. <laughs> You hate to see it or you love to see that it. bitch, Carol Gaskin. Loved it. Loved her. I loved it. Loved everything about I her. I loved her. I loved She's to such see a it. meme to me. Yeah. Everything about her. I love to see it. I love to see it. Like, yeah. The, the I, home decor, I, the hippie outfit, the cats, like uniforms. Yeah. Did you think like I just, it's like every day's Halloween the for these people? Every day is Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I saw this thing that was like Lisa Kudrow has been auditioning her entire career to play Carol Baskin. Mm. Oh and my I, God. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 100%. It's a it's just it, it's incredible. It's sensational. Um, everything about it from a good morning, cats and kittens to riding your bike around like you on the place to yes. having the same sort of hippie costume that she's worn for you find out like later on for like 40 years. You're like. Oh, she's wearing that same weird headband thing. You find out later she's a ghost. She died in it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like, her husband fed her to, the, to those tigers. And we're in the ghost plane. <laughs> we're in the go enter the ghost dimension. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Here's a follow up. Do you think do you think she killed her husband? I yeah. do. Do you remember that part? In the I do. I think so. And she was for like, sure. No, they wouldn't eat you without sardine, uh, oil. sardine oil. And, and everyone's like, like, oh, that's it. There it is. Yeah. Like. I just, I just feel like she had to have done it. She had to have. Where did she he go? Way too calm. When she yes, committed, where the fuck did he go? <laughs> she committed inheritance fraud? Where did he go? And why was his car by the runway with the keys in it? It's just, it's, it was so if sloppily done. If he's it's not like, here. He's in that tiger's stomach. That's all I gotta say. If you're, if you're gonna kill your husband, don't do it sloppily, Carol. This is on you. It's on Carol. It's on that bitch, Carol Baskin. So. Question, I don't know, question mark. Uh, the two straight husbands in a three-way <laughs> wedding. You love to see it, you hate to see it. Yeah, what, like, 
we we love to see it like because we love the representation but it wasn't even representation so i hate to see it because joe is literally feeding on young men with a meth addiction like that's a, like essentially like what it was so like when you get down like past the funny yeah. and get down to the nitty-gritty like problematic part of that yeah that's what that was so hate to see if that. your sexuality is not gay straight bi but it is joe exotic that's disgusting <laughs> yeah, I feel like I uh, yeah, I feel like he would turn a lot of people off to uh whatever sexuality they had started uh at the beginning of their relationship. Just from that haircut. Yeah, the haircut, the jackets, uh the paramedic costume change and I will never recover financially from this. It's just it's just not a good look. <laughs> you hate to see it. Not at all. Which Yeah, you hate to see. Something it. that I love to see it. Uh the next question the songs of Joe Exotic. Loved. Those music, like, give me more. I love those music videos. Clearly, it's not him singing. So dramatic. Like, but he really means those lyrics from the bottom of his, like, little redneck heart. Like, he means that shit. Those music videos were everything to me. Everything. Love to see it. Love to see it until I saw it on New Music Friday on Spotify. Then I hated to see it. Oh, no. Really? I said it's on it was Spotify? the very last song, and they tried to disguise it by putting it last, but I saw it, and I said, absolutely not. It's my new workout mix. Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not. Any of them. <laughs> that was a talented lookalike. I was like, wow, they, they work together on this. That's kind of cool. And then I found out it was the lookalike. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to our last question as we watch these uh, denizens sort of uh, right off into the sunset with uh, little to no consequences. Um, do you think Jeff Lowe and uh, Carol Baskin, respectively, do you think they got away with it? Do you think that there will be further inquiry due to the documentary? Or do you think that it's it's chill? Really good question. Um, I think because this documentary was made and because of how like successful it is, I think they're going to look more into it now like for sure because especially since everyone and their mother is like oh she did it she did she did it you know and i know we'll talk about this a little bit later but in one of the other true crime documentaries that i've watched recently it was basically the entire documentary was just the police being like yeah and then we missed that (laughs) and i was like yeah okay so like (laughs) oh yeah i didn't know i didn't think that that was uh, important yeah yeah so i definitely think it's going to be reopened who knows if they'll find her guilty or not, but yeah. What do you think, CJ? Oh, I do. I definitely think they're going to look into it. I just feel like they have to, especially because like now, like everyone cares so much about it. Like we're also invested in it. Like we have to know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we have to know. And I think that I, I think it turned up the heat sort of three billboard style on that uh, police department. Yeah. Um, okay. And, oh, yeah. <clears throat> and in closing... Um, this to me, this is a question that came to me a little bit more somberly today, uh, with the announcement of, uh, Bernie Sanders withdrawal from the presidential race. What do you think that this particular documentary, its popularity, uh, everyone's obsession with it, what do you think that says about us? And do you think that perhaps, uh, this is a story, um, that sheds a little bit of light on a lot of America that we don't hear from a lot. 
Oh, for sure. I think Americans just in general, like any opportunity or excuse to find somebody else to laugh at. And ultimately, it's to make themselves feel superior to that, like said person, you know, I mean, I even find myself doing it like when somebody else like does bad at something. I'm like, oh, I'm better than that person, at least. But that's a horrible way of thinking. You know what I mean? It's like really, truly terrible. But I think even subconsciously, and especially we as Americans definitely do that. Like you see someone, I don't know, in that sort of situation, and you automatically think that you're better than that person, which might not necessarily be true. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a horrible, horrible look on us. Yeah. So do you have anything Uh, to add? Especially considering the part that I just like stung super hard, like I couldn't even laugh at was when he ran for president. I was like, this is so painful because like, well, no, he said that he was going to run for president, too. And then he like took it down to governor because everyone was like, are you kidding? But he had followers. It's crazy. I know. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's the thing that like stung because like, think about where we were like six years ago. (laughs) Like when a similar thing happened and we were all like, oh my gosh, like what a joke. And it was just like watching it in the documentary. I was like, wow. Yeah. That's like... (laughs) really really telling right and right after the 2016 election actually i was on a non-union tour that was a very rough experience uh but we went to the american south for three months and we lived in florida for at least a month and we were we went all over we were in georgia a lot we were in florida a lot we we're in arkansas louisiana you name it like tennessee um the virginias like we were all over the south uh, over the course of three months, right after the election, and over the course of that uh, experience, I tried to communicate to people some of the absurdities I saw. When we played a uh, an airport hangar uh, one day, and uh, one oh. of the stagehands was like, "You're in Trump country now," uh, and I was like, "Okay, um, I, where do I put this flat?" <laughs> Um, and he's like, there's a guns and ammo convention here tomorrow, uh, in conjunction with a Trump rally. And I'm like, Oh, we, um, but, Oh my God. So what this documentary served to me was this is a lot of us. This is a lot of America. You know what I mean? Like all these, all the people in say, let's call them college education States, uh, were, were (laughs) like, um, like, oh, I don't know how people voted for him. I don't know how people felt this way or that people felt this way about America or they felt unrepresented or that they were insisted on voting against their interest, uh, you know, as a product of like economic uh, Stockholm syndrome. Like, I, I don't know. But like Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Idaho, Wyoming, Kansas, Indiana, it's across the board. These are Trump states. And it's, you know, they're full of people like not necessarily selling tigers and like abusing tigers, but certainly people pawning shit off on a Carol Baskin and people trying to sell each other like expired meats and pizzas and shit like yeah it's who we are <laughs> it's not easy to accept but it's who we are right now and we need to be better right <laughs> yes yeah I think it's, it's really gross I really truly agree it's definitely a huge wake-up call you know and it's eye-opening and it's terrifying yeah you know I yeah I mean not to go like say exactly what you said but I think I did a tour similar to yours 
a couple months before you. And we played this little place in Mississippi and it was a church and there were shot shells all scattered along the church. Oh. And they were like, oh, be careful of that. We just had like a little hunting thing. And I was like, <laughs> what? Oh. And I remember my dad texted me and he was like, hey, listen, you're in Mississippi. They don't allow Jews there. So if anyone asks, tell them your last name is Hanson or something. And he was obviously kidding. <laughs> like my dad said that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like it's real. Yeah, it's real as shit, folks. And I think that that's I think that that's why it resonates on a deeper level with all of us um, in some way. Like, yes, is it fun to like see these multicolored characters? And is it a, for sure an emotional overdrive in a time that is very terrifying and uncertain? Yes. But I think on a deeper level, I think it speaks to people because people know someone like a Jeff Lowe or they know someone like yeah. a Carol Baskin. And they also know the people that are just like, there's a guy with his family. He's like, I was here two days ago. I'll be here in it tomorrow. I'll be here as long as they let me pet these tigers. You know, it was such a, it was, I had no idea that oh. that, Oh my gosh, culture yeah. existed and then that final title card where it showed that uh, yeah. in the u.s we have four times the number of of tigers in captivity than there are left in the wild i was sick yeah but that's it's sad it's shocking and and that has been our um less than funny recap on uh tiger king because you need to hear it um no uh but uh, in <laughs> lighter love to see it fair, uh you did love to see it i love to see it yeah. Anything over Can't two stars it. is a love to see it on the Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Because you just are oh, happy sure. to be here. Just happy to be here <laughs> on the right side yeah. of the grass. Well, yeah. we have two other uh, docs that we review this week. Um, we have The Inventor and we also have uh, Evil Genius. And we can also talk about any other finds you have. I'm sure that we've mutually seen them. Which one did you want to tackle next? I think Evil Genius. Yeah. Evil Genius was brilliant. Yeah. Wasn't it just yeah. so, it's so arresting and no pun intended. From the first 10 minutes of that documentary, when the bomb yeah. literally explodes in the guy's chest, I was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sounds about right. Like, it was insanity. Yeah. yeah. And it just like took every twist and turn you possibly could imagine. I was like, and who's this bitch coming to mess it up? And who's this <laughs> bitch coming to mess? I was just like, like what and what tea do you have to spill about this? It was insane. I think Netflix documentaries are really coming for everyone. No one is safe. No one is safe. Uh, least of all our minds. But uh, yeah, that <laughs> Evil Genius was definitely a different timbre, right? It still had its like eccentricities that you enjoy with Tiger King, but it it really focused in on one particular person uh, being the woman who was the evil genius behind it all. And for me, evil genius was like really impactful because it illuminated uh, how like one crime and like a series of lies can just like totally consume your life and your life becomes like, oh, this has nothing to do with that case. This has nothing to do with that case. The bodies are definitely not over there. And uh, but thank you for uh, joining me in this tour of my house. Like, it, it, <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> Ignore the like, dog shit. You know that she like, <laughs> believed what she was saying is real. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know that I am fully obsessed with Marjorie Deal Armstrong. I think that she <laughs> is like a caricature. She she <laughs> she was everything. I with like love tits down to like her pelvis and like yeah, everything about her. 
You, she had so rebellious, like scraggly <laughs> hair, like denying till the day she died. She didn't kill. She was, she was like, asking, she straight up was like, she was like, and you know, I kill my boyfriends in self defense, but I kill them. Why would I need these other people to kill my dad? And I'm like, bitch, you literally yeah. just, you, you were just denying so to hard two murders. that you did it. Like you said that you She's didn't like, kill them. I have enough like, money. Right, I Why would I need to pay someone to do it? I killed my boyfriends inside. And then they cut away and they were like, them. she did not have money. Uh. <laughs> uh. Like, it was She's like, and they're a dirty liar. They like also said something I think was like really, I don't know, just questioning. They said that she was and she's aware of this, that she's mentally ill. She has all of these issues. And one of right. the guys, like one of, I don't know if it was a lawyer or a DA in a previous, in her previous cases when she killed her first husband or boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> um, but he was like, I've tried to, he's like, I've had her committed four times. And each time she's, there's been some appeal and she's not been taken away or anything like that. Yeah. And so I was like, the question is, is like, does somebody, does being mentally unhealthy constitute somebody like being committed like that? But then they answered it a little bit later in the documentary, which I thought was cool. Where it was like, yes, people are have mental health issues, and that's like fine. But also, those people don't kill. But they don't kill their husbands. Murder and <laughs> rob a bank. And kill I was like, as many there people it is. as they can. People. Yeah. It was also just kind of like spiteful how she conducted her whole life, you know, and that she was like manipulating people, and I I can see how like there was some game in it for her in that respect, with like inviting the cops in and letting them tour everything and whatnot. Um, but she, it's not like she was able to like spend the money or really like enjoy any of, you know, the trappings of her crimes. It was sort of just the game of the crimes itself and the creepy letters. And it, it's really interesting. It was just sort of like crime for crime's sake. Um, and I think that's why it's appropriately titled to like prove that she could. Yeah. Yeah. Smarter. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. And I think it's I think both of these are also uh, sort of crimes in broad daylight. Right. And and the idea that our justice system is not as effective as we portray it on law and order. You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> this, right. is the, this is literally what I was talking about when we were talking about Dr. King. The the last two, it was four episodes. The last two episodes, the police were like, yeah, and then we missed that. They didn't think it was necessary. We didn't even see that. We just, yeah, we went over again and yeah, God, it was right. Dang, I was like, wow, I are really... you kidding me? Our tax that dollars That one just went work. over my head. I didn't see that one. What? I'm sorry, I'm paying taxes for you to not get Marge? You like, gotta get March. What? Marge. Like, you went to training and, and I'm not like, I get it. Like, like the law's hard. Police work's hard. I understand it. But listen, you trained in this. Well, I kind got a BFA in theater. Yeah, they did is not it, get a like, BFA in law enforcement. They don't have to. They don't have to have a college degree. But what I'm, okay. But speaking of musical theater, since we were all musical theater, let's just put that out in the open. We were all musical theater. Yes. Um, when people are like, oh, she's like, failing at it. it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not okay. She has her degree in this. They should not be bad. Right. Like, why would you think right. it's okay? Exactly. Like, like, this is their profession. This is what they're supposed to be the best at. How dare you? I'm holding the same standards to the police. This is what you're doing. <laughs> this is what you've been doing for so long. They should have the same qualifications as a musical theater degree in Arizona <laughs> yeah, or yeah. wherever you want, CJ. <laughs> Your 32 bars should be perfect, officer. <laughs> that is what I'm... 
fucking saying. Like my favorite part. You need to my be favorite better. Part, right. My favorite part about the documentary in terms of like the like the justice system is the fact that like at the end when they're finally doing her sentence, they're like, she Marjorie was sentenced to life plus 30 years. And to me, I just think that's a really big slap in the face. Like, she's already going to prison for life. Why do they need that 30 years tacked onto that? And let me tell you, I might sound like an idiot, but I've never understood that. I just don't get it. I'm like, what? What? Like, what what are they saying? Like, you know what? You're going to be there for life. And if you last pass then, 30 years, bitch, what are you going to do then? If you get resurrected by Christ himself in honor of the Easter season, 30 more years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm like okay you guys like it's a little like she's already going to prison she gets it's it it's completely batshit yeah oh but apparently it's like I, I don't know if this is true but it's like per per like crime so like whatever she was being like charged with like one was for life and then one was 30 years so they just combine them but a i don't know yeah. if that's true and b like can't we change that <laughs> That sounds stupid. I think it makes her like, I think it makes her appeal proof kind of. Cause it's like, even if you get an appeal on right. like the 30 years, like you still have life. Um, I think there was some monologue about that in the Shawshank Redemption. I wasn't paying. They gave him 30 <laughs> years plus life in case he appealed the life. Right. Part. Uh, <laughs> right. I guess I'm sure there's some reason why it makes sense. And I'm just an idiot, but either way, when they say that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cut the gala break. What? Like, wait, what is her full name again? Marjorie. Like, Marjorie Deal Armstrong. Marjorie Deal Armstrong. Like, she ne- yeah. She never shut up. She was like, this is Marjorie Deal Armstrong. She was good at branding. Every time they filmed She's her, like her ass getting was carried away. Out. She's like, Marjorie Deal Armstrong.com. <laughs> <laughs> she'd call people up and she'd be like, hello, this is Marjorie Deal Armstrong. And let me tell you, you're an idiot if you think that they are gu- not guilty. And here's why. I was like this. She wouldn't even let them talk. I was like, was okay, weird. Marge. Marge. Oh, down. Yeah, she was wild. She was wilding. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, and yeah, that was I really loved her. Good. a more furtive uh, doc that I know we didn't make on the official curriculum, but we talked a little bit about was The Inventor. And uh, I know uh, Jamie was able to check that out. CJ, did you get a glimpse of it or would you like us to bring you up to speed? Because that's fun. I also too. watched I Love You Now Die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to watch I Love I've, You Now I've Die. I've seen I Love You Now Die. I watched some of The Inventor, but my Wi-Fi was being just horrible. So I didn't get to finish it because um, then I started Evil Genius once it was working again. But I did no, watch yeah. the first part of it and Jamie caught me up on it. Yeah. The Inventor, for me, I think is an, it's a glimpse into a different part of America being the Silicon Valley sort of gold rush. Um, that I also encountered in New York a little bit, working in startups for two years. Um, and for anyone who hasn't seen The Inventor, um, it is about the company Theranos, and it's now infamous uh, founder and uh, creator who, with little to no medical training, claimed to have uh, totally revolutionized the uh, blood testing industry, being able to test a full battery of tests uh, using just a droplet of blood. And it's later revealed that these are basically glorified printers that are going fucking buck wild inside and shattering and mixing blood. And it's it's just, it was a lie. All of it was a lie. So 
I don't want to start off by saying anything too general, but every documentary, like true crime documentary that I watched, except for Tiger King, whether it be Evil Genius, The Inventor, I Love You Now Die, um, has been about a woman being able to manipulate like scores and scores and scores of people. Mm-hmm. Which sure. I don't really know, like how much to say on that or what else to say. It's just an observation, but um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. No, that's true, and I kind of did not realize that until now. Yeah, same. <laughs> like what? Until you just said that. Yeah, it's just yeah about women being super smart, manipulative, which falls to you. Yeah, which like, <laughs> I get. Women are manipulative. I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> but like, really, there's not going to be the only other documentary of true crime. Really, I think that I watched that is about like a man is the Jenks mm-hmm. about Robert Durst or, and his trial. Uh, don't fuck with cats. He was pretty fucking manipulative. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't fuck but with cats. He was, uh, but he was also gay. So there we are. We're just going to put a <laughs> full circle. I'm going to put, um, put another category to hell. <laughs> If you're gay and you're a woman, you're manipulative and probably a murderer. Yeah. The odds so, are in your know. favor. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting take that I even hadn't considered. And I I mean, Tiger King included with that. Is it uh, a hot take? I think it's a hot take. Let's ring the bell yes. for a hot take. Uh, let's put a yes. sizzle effect that's a hot in there. Cake. That's a hot cake. Yes. Put a second. Uh, we're going to put a second oven dinging there as the cake's ready. But... Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a really interesting take. Well, and I think that that is a good transition into uh, I, the largest demographic by far of fans of true crime podcasts and media and TV shows and uh, documentaries on streaming services are women. Um, and I was talking to a friend about that earlier this week. Um, and she said she gave me an interesting outlook because she's like, I used to obsess over true crime. I used to just like always have it going in my ears or on my TV and her opinion or the what she expressed was she's like, as a woman, I lead a very dangerous life and a, anything can turn into a potential crime when I'm sort of at the wrong time at the wrong place is how she felt and how she moved through the world uh, in that t- time period. She said she almost felt uh, preventative for her, she said, like she like I like to know people's motives. I like to know how things happen, when they happen, where they happen, so that I, that doesn't happen to me. And uh, for full disclosure, when I was younger, uh, my family uh, home burned down uh, to the ground from fire. Um, and uh, the first question and one of the more hurtful um, and unintentionally hurtful aspects of that experience was when you tell people, oh, like my house burned down. The first question is not like of sympathy or of like interest as to like how it affected you or whatnot. It was how. How did it burn down? Like they want to the right. full ballistics report as to like, I don't want my house to burn down. Like, how do I avoid my house from burning down? Yeah. So, Jamie, would you say in your experience, like what what, what do you think draws uh, that primarily female audience to the true crime genre? Um, I can, at least from my perspective, I don't want to speak for all women, but right. just for me personally, I can definitely agree with that. I like to know, like even when I'm, So an example of this is like politically, I have my political views, but I always research the other side's views. So that way I can be like, this is my opinion. They'll argue theirs and I'll be like, yes, I know. And this is why you're wrong. Mm. So it's like, like, I like to know about (laughs) 
these kinds of things so I can protect myself in situations um, and like n- actually know what I'm talking about because I don't like to be in a situation where I don't know what's going on or like can be considered like dumb. I don't want anyone thinking that I'm like dumb or stupid or I don't know what I'm doing. I'm naive, you know, I'm short as well, which is another disadvantage. I'm just like a tiny like little lady and I look very young. So it's like people can take advantage of me or like just assume that I'm stupid, but I don't like that. So I try to go really hard in the other way. So yeah, I definitely, I think that's another reason where I like them is because I like to see like all of these things. And, you know, I like to know like about the law and like the limits and stuff like that. Um, I also just think that it's entertaining. Yeah. Like I, I like yeah. it's, it's so gross, but like watching all of this stuff is just entertaining because you know that it actually happened. Yeah. Which I think is thrilling to a lot of people, um, not just women. Um, but as going back to the women thing, yeah, I can definitely I definitely can attest to that. Yeah. CJ, do you have any insight? Not into like the female experience watching a true crime, but do you <laughs> Do you have a you know a take on on why we are quite frankly as a nation obsessed with it? It's still the top ranking uh, you know genre of podcast and of most media. Well, I think that it's like even it's just so addicting to watch things self destruct, honestly, or like just really like kind of like blow up in your face. It's like a train wreck that you can't stop watching. I mean, I'm even like invested in it, like. There's a current news story going on um, in my hometown that started when we were in high school and like went away for a while. And then now there's like more development in it. And that's like not even a true crime documentary. Like it's not on Netflix, but I'm invested in like knowing what happens because it's something that's out of the ordinary of what I go through each day. Um, So I think it's like, you know, like I live a pretty safe and normal life for your average 25 year old male American, like it's watching something like that is almost like it's, it's just addicting for me. Like I just, I want to know what happens because it's so different than what I experience each day. Yeah. I also think it's addicting as well in these situations when the person is found guilty or when you find the murderer that justice is served Mm. like that whole kind of thing where it's like when they find the killer, it's almost like you feel like you found it because you've been following along this whole time and you've been invested. And it's like when justice is found, it's like a victory for you as well as for the victim. Yeah. And it's even more addicting when justice isn't found. Like it's like when, you know what I mean? Like when it's like, you know what the answer is, but it's really like, messed up that like something isn't happening for instance kind of like um tiger king in a way like you're like but we we still don't know the answer to the question like yeah we're all assuming and we all have our like speculations but like ultimately one day it could come out and like carol baskin could be found completely innocent and had nothing to do with her husband's death and we would all be like what the fuck do you mean (laughs) it's like it's even more addicting for us to be like what yeah it's just crazy yeah I was looking at this in regards to the uh, Weinstein situation. And I remember when he got convicted on even like, maybe it was like 40% of his, it was like two out of five counts, I think, uh, which I'm sure were probably 0.1% of his overall offenses. He, when he got convicted, the amount of vitriol and like the kind of 
dialogue, like the Robespierre-esque, like let's like behead this man and march him through the streets energy that I saw from that conviction was unlike any that I think that I'd seen in my life. And I think that that in conjunction with these true crime documentaries are pointing to we live in an er a fucking lawless era in America. Like this is definitely the party before country era of America. And it's, you know, it's I think it scares the shit out of most people because, you know, you're seeing right. crimes paraded around in broad, broad daylight in the highest office in the land and no one's being held accountable. One hundred percent. I also like not to bring up another true crime documentary, but The Jinx is mm -hmm. about a white, very rich man who got away with murdering three people. Mm -hmm. And the one crime that he went to trial for, he was they made the case that. Because for this man that he killed, he killed him, chopped up his body and dumped it in the river and the bags floated. They found the body and it was like Rob Durst's neighbor. So the whole point of the crime was, did he murder him? So the lawyers were like, yes, he chopped up his body. Yes, he threw it in the river, but it was self-defense. <laughs> and he was found Woof. not guilty <clears throat> yeah. because they were like, they were like, we're not here to decide if he like destroyed his body and threw it away. It was just, it was self-defense. And in my mind, I was like, you can get away with anything yeah. if you are white, rich, and male. And especially in Texas, except if you're homosexual, yeah. you can't get away with that in Texas. But you can get away with <laughs> literal murder. And you know what? I don't want to. <laughs> you can't get away with like, the fucking cake in Texas <laughs> if you're gay. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that it's really poetic almost that it's the arts. It's these, you know, sort of like avant-garde journalism, you know, in-person in interviews, first account events that are actually way more impactful than police work that we're seeing these days and way more impactful than the what the justice system is able to sort of serve us up. Um, yeah. And I will say uh, on cl closing in a, a lighter experience. Um, regarding true crime, I had a so on that same tour to the south, uh, I had a friend from uh, Long Island and uh, mm -hmm. he he w lived in an Italian neighborhood and there was like this like really like scandalous murder that occurred between like an army family and like this other army family. And he would they were in his neighborhood. So he was he, they were his neighbors and he knew the family. They were family friends. And it's like a multiple murder situation. And it was it was set to, to air on True TV one of the nights that we had off in the hotel. And so we made a whole viewing party. And I think that there might have been the the tone of the evening definitely shifted pretty quickly. We we're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so campy. It was True TV. So it's one of those where they reenact the scenes and then the like you're like yeah. da -na -na. but she was pregnant and <laughs> and so they there was that moment where he's like he's like looking and he's fact checking he's like he's like yeah big tony did not look like that this is not the look like big tony and he shows us a picture of big tony i'm like that's correct and uh yeah. exactly <laughs> and like they would reveal stuff like da -na -na. but each thing that they revealed he was like he hadn't known and he was like so upset as it kept going on so the whole tone of this party that we were like this is gonna be campy <laughs> turned very serious very quickly kind of like a live memorial <laughs> service in a very pu public way he's like oh she was pregnant a second time oh <laughs> she went in the car to tell me she loved him and that she was carrying his child and he blew her brains out 
And then he's like, and then like he would like sober up and be like, but she didn't take him to the Newark dump. I know that for a fact. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a really surreal sort of 4D uh, ex- way to experience true crime. And also uh, an interesting way to put, you know, your finger, a rare opportunity to put your finger on the pulse and be like, both I can see. I'm afforded the realistic look at this, you know, very theatrical presentation. And also uh, maybe I'm awakened that this isn't really, it's what you guys touch on uh, in one of your episodes about um, don't fuck with cats. I think it was episode 12. Oh yeah. Uh, Don't fuck with Haley Jaskowitz. Is that right? Yeah. There it is. There's the plug. Uh, Episode 12, drink wine, spill tea, Spotify, iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold um, for free. (laughs) Your guest points it out. She says it's entertaining to some, but these are people's real lives. And it sort of almost cheapens death. It almost cheapens tragedy for us to witness this over and over and over again and be barraged by these macabre narratives. Oh, yeah. Looking at these horrific deaths as entertainment is truly horrifying. Um, But the thing with Don't Fuck With Cats, um, and something I think um, our guest on that episode, Haley Jackowitz, mentioned, was that the whole point of Don't Fuck With Cats is that this guy who was the murderer wanted attention, did all of these killings of animals and people over social media. And the fact that we made this documentary about it only fetishizes fetishizes yeah fetishes yeah no fetishizes like fetishes is the italian thank you well only plays into what he wanted from the beginning to be famous and to have all of this attention and we gave it to him Right. We really did. We just played into as the audience, as the documentary like makers, we played into what he wanted from the beginning. So he goes to jail fully content having murdered these lives, animals and people included with what he did because he now is famous. Yeah, but and that's on the people that made the documentary. That's not on the people that are watching it. You know what I mean? That's that's like he I don't know. I think that like the entertainment industry knows that we are like out here gagging over this and they they're like well what's the next thing that we can find but his fame and his like glory and his weird obsession with himself is further like produced i think by netflix not us Mm. yeah you know but but do you think because we watched it because don't fuck with cats was is is still really popular oh yeah you don't think that we play into that or play a part of that that Um, we watch it no, sure. I mean, I think that we definitely play a part in it because or like encourage it, like we encourage it is what I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I guess my point is is just that like, you know, like, yeah, sure, he knows that he's he he may know that he's like getting this popularity, but it's not like he's like, you know, watching his like followers on Instagram roll in, like watching his likes add up and like the comments and stuff like he's sitting there knowing like, yeah, people are watching this documentary about me, but he he's living it through like a jail cell. So you with don't like think he's satisfied floor. with himself? I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Yeah. Let him be satisfied though. He's in prison. Like he's, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's disgusting, but yeah. You hate to see it. Chris, what do you think? You love yeah. to see it. Hate to see it. Yeah, hate to see it. Yeah, it's like I hate to love to see it. My story, you hate to love to see it. And uh, my story in closing with uh, my experience with uh, Don't Fuck With Cats is that he kills tabbies that look just like my cat, Mochi. 
um, which if you follow oh. us on Instagram, it's Insorious Podcast. There's pictures of her on there. Um, my mom, who I hadn't like hung out with in like maybe over a year, came into New York, came to visit, was like, let's just watch this nice, you know, documentary called Don't Fuck With Cats. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you see like the family. establishing shot where he puts the kittens in the vacuum bag and starts to, re- I was like, Stop. I really hope we don't come back to that shot. She's like, they don't show it. They don't show it. And then like, it, boom, like, like three quarters of the way through the episode, it like produces the two petrified, completely like suffocated cats that look just like the thing sitting next to me. And I was like, well, mother, it's been good to see you, but uh, I'll be seeing you out now. Thank you for visiting. Um, Chris, that's on you. What's the title of the documentary? That's on it's on me, you know, and I had I, I think it, I think it's on me because I'd gone to the rowdy showing of, of Cats the Musical um, just slightly before Ooh, that. And yes. so I was like, I've fucked with cats now. I can definitely. <laughs> and now they're telling you not to. And you're like, yeah, I'm like, you don't tell me to do shit, old dude. <laughs> I own this house. Have you seen Seth Rogen's live tweet of him watching the Cats movie for the first time? Oh, come on. It's so funny. His funniest tweet was he was like, I'll leave Idris out of this out of respect. (laughs) (laughs) Out of respect for his hairy, naked, naked body. I'm sure there will inevitably be, uh, we'll do a combo episode about Cats when it finally gets released on streaming. um, Because it's just- I I haven't seen it. It's just too hot for cable. Um, But- (laughs) With that, thank you guys for jamming about some true crime with me and letting me get my uh, Tiger King feels out and playing the new game. Uh, You hate to see it. You love to see it. Uh, We'll be hanging out again uh, next week for another great um, episode. Uh, Women in literature and some other uh, exciting uh, takes uh, headed your way in that respect. So uh, you guys have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining me. If there's folks out there wondering where uh, my intrepid co-host is, he had a a family emergency he had to attend to. So our thoughts uh, to him uh, and love to him. And he'll be out uh, probably for the, for the next week or so on leave. Um, But uh, we, uh, (laughs) yeah, we, uh, we love you. And uh, I love both of you guys. And thank you so much for working with me on this. Chris, thank you so much oh for gosh, having us on. This you. has been amazing. Thank you. Of course. And it's so fun. Yes, it's good. It's good, good, good. Uh, so check them out at Drink Wine Spill Tea. We love them very much. They're great friends of the show. Their show's super solid. Check them out on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, do you guys have any other plugs you want to throw up? Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. CJ, what else? Clayton? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It, it really... <laughs> <laughs> really cut out at that last part. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. No, 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 no. What did you just say? Look. Like Clayton, what else? <laughs> what is, I didn't hear what the question was. All right, and we're out. Uh, and uh, rate and review both of us on iTunes, Sensorious Podcast, Drink Wine, Spill Tea, and we'll see you next week. We love you. We fear you. Good night. I hate both of you. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Fetishize. <laughs> <laughs>